Thank you for listening to this virtual presentation of Atoptic 2020. Atoptic is a Twin Cities-based arts festival focusing on comics, zines, and print media. For obvious reasons, we could not have an in-person event this year, but in conjunction with the Gutter Boys podcast, we are able to bring you a great series of interviews and discussions. Please visit anchor.fm slash gutterboys or atoptic.org for more interviews and information on how to subscribe to our podcasts. We also created a fantastic print catalog to commemorate the applicants and exhibitors you would have seen at Autoptic 2020. For more information on how to order a catalog, please visit autoptic.org 2020. That's A-U-T-O-P-T-I-C dot org 2020. Thank you again for listening and on to the conversation. Hi, hello, welcome to the Autoptic Online 2020 Conversation with Rumi Hara. I'm Sean Knickerbocker, and I am joined today with Rumi. And before we get going, let me give you a little bit of background. Rumi was born in Kyoto, Japan in 1982 and grew up with her two loving grandmothers, helping to take care of her and her little brother. While working as, an, as a translator in Tokyo, she started printing her own comics on a tiny home printer in 2010. After attending Savannah College of Art and Design, Hara moved to New York City in 2014, where she now lives and works as an illustrator and comics artist. Nori was uh, first self-published as a series of mini-comics, and it was nominated for an Inkvance Award in 2018. Rumi, how are you doing? Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Uh, so I figure we should just uh, go ahead and dive right in with your, with your newest book, Nori. Can you kind of give us a little bit of background of the book and tell us about it? Sure. Um, So Nori is about a little girl growing up in Japan. She's um, three at the beginning of the book and then she turns four. Um, So it's uh, Nori's uh, year um, living with grandma, making new friends, um, uh, going on new adventures um, in her hometown in Japan. And also she gets to go to Hawaii in one um, chapter. Great. Awesome. Uh, so with this book, it did start off as a mini comic and eventually it was this collection. Uh, so what was your, did you originally envision this to be a collection at first or were were you just kind of working with the character a little bit before making that, that huge plunge into a, a larger collection of stories? No. Yeah. So it started with, um, uh, a very short, story a mini comic of i think it was uh, 16 pages which is now the uh, first chapter of the book and uh when i was making that story I, I i was just making a short story i just had this idea um i i grew up with my grandma um living with us uh well two grandmas um taking uh taking their turns um taking care of the kids um, so I just wanted to make a story about a little kid and uh, her grandma, and it was just uh, uh, a small project that kind of developed into a bigger one. Um, after making the first story, I just couldn't stop thinking about Nori, so it it went from there. Um, so was it the first three stories that were mini comics, or how many were you doing as minis before you like? jumped in because it seems like the Hawaii story is really large it's a really big project yeah. in itself. it's almost a, a book by itself so 
Yes, yeah. So yeah, the first three chapters were the mini comics. Um, the third story, uh, it get it got longer and longer. Um, I guess because I I was getting to know Nori better, um, so the stories got longer. Um, and yeah, before making the first, uh, the fourth story, which was the Hawaii story, um, I knew it was going to be like um, ninety pages. So um, I thought that I couldn't print it myself, and I also felt like I had um, enough to start showing it to people uh, as like a, a book project. Yeah. Nice. So um, when working with this character Nori, and in, in some of the earlier stories, they, like you said, they are very short. Where towards as you're getting further and further in this project, the stories are getting longer. Um, did you kind of change the approach in terms of how you're telling those stories since you had more pages to work with versus having just a compressed like 16, 20 page mini comic kind of format? Was that something that you were thinking about at all when you were writing and drawing the stories? Or? Um, definitely for the Hawaii chapter. I guess that's the only very long chapter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, when I was printing my own minis, I had to think about like printing it myself and then folding the, the paper um, and like aligning all the pages. And uh, so uh, should I do a two-page spread or not. If I do a two-page spread, it will be so annoying to align it perfectly. <laughs> Things like that I didn't have to think about for the Hawaii book, so I just, um, I, I was able to focus on the story and what I want to draw. Um, so getting into like the, the mini comics process, were you printing them, sell, them yourselves? Were you doing all the assembly and everything and all the printing uh, like from your home or your studio? Or were you like, going to a print shop or working with other people to, to make those books happen? Yeah, for Nori, I used the uh, Riso Lab at SVA um, in Manhattan, um, and I printed everything there, and then I brought um, all the printed um, paper back to my studio space that I share with my friends in Brooklyn, um, and I bound everything by myself. It, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that that's a part of I Because I'm curious because you did say you're starting to make comics, you know, in your bio, you're talking about like, you know, 2010, you were making them and printing them yourself uh, from your home printer. Do you find that that's kind of a part of your process? Or do you feel like once that you, now that you do have a publisher that you feel like, ah, now I have a publisher, I don't have to worry about production. I can worry, I can, I can just focus on making the stories and, and drawing them. Or do you, or do you have like an affinity to the actual process of bookmaking or anything? You know, I thought um, when I have a publisher, I won't have to print it or like bind it myself, but I, I kind of like the process, I think. Um, yeah, so I, I'm making some new stories now and I have a plan to print them myself again. Although with the pandemic, um, it might be uh, a little complicated to yeah. figure out the <laughs> logistics <laughs> of it. But uh, yeah, somehow I like to print it myself. Maybe um, just uh, um, do good old Xerox printing at Staples or somewhere um, and do a small um, edition. But yeah, I, I really I really love the process, I think. Um, so you had... Uh 
you had went to SCAD for an illustration program kind of after you start kind of drawing comics from what I understand. Is that correct? You're kind of self-publishing and then you kind of took that step. Is that correct? And uh, what, what drew you specifically to like an illustration program, like a, like a master program versus like, because there are like comics programs out there and there are certainly a lot of people that are just autodidactic and kind of just go in their own direction and pursue, you know, illustration or comics outside of like a, an academic institution. Um, so I, I always loved drawing, um, but I never really thought of it as a career. Um, I, I, I loved reading and uh, translating. I grew up um, partly in Atlanta, Georgia. So um, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I can speak English and Japanese. What can I do? And like translation was like kind of <laughs> what came to mind. Um, and also like, um, you know, every, everyone around me thought that I should do translation, um, and that's what I started to do. Um, but I, I wanted to draw, um, I started making um, comics and printing them uh, while I was working as a translator in Japan. And then, um, uh, yeah, when, when I thought about um, making it as um, my career, um, my work, um, I, I looked into several different pro programs and SCAD was, um, uh, SCAD seemed like a, a good place to go. Um, and, um, I, I, I think I just wasn't really, um, sure if I want to just focus on comics or, um, or do both illustration comics so i just uh um went to the illustration program yeah so uh with uh with one of your books borderland which is um you know kind of centered in that area of georgia um uh, tybee island correct is that is that is that the yes. location yeah uh the location uh is actually just around uh the the whole area the coastal georgia area with all the different sea islands um, yeah, it was a really inspiring landscape um, and all the history and everything, too. And that seems to be something that like is a reoccurring theme throughout all of the comics that I've read of yours is uh, like the environment and just the landscape and wildlife in general, like play really big roles in, in the stories you're telling just either through through observation or having like a more more of a plot to them. Um, so do you find that that's something that like just you're always thinking about in general is like just uh when you're telling stories is like environment and and uh like sensory kind of things because i see that with mm. food too like and especially in the nori stories uh there's a lot of uh exploration of just like basic sensory experiences that a child would have either with like animals or the environment or food yeah i think um sense of place is very important to me in general um, I think it's because um, I moved around a lot um, while I was growing up and also um, even now um, I, I changed schools every year when I was in grade school. Um, my mom had uh, a job that took her to uh, different places, Tokyo, Atlanta. Um, so yeah, we were moving a lot. and. 
I, I think it just made me think um, a lot about um, where I belong, how I belong to a particular place, um, how I fit in, um, things like that. Um, and, you know, I think if when you grow up in one place, um, you get really attached to the environment, you know, um, the nature um, and all the animals you can find there. Um, I felt like I kind of missed out on that because I was moving so much. Um, but then I thought, well, um, I didn't really miss anything. I just got to experience a whole, a whole lot more um, than um, um, maybe like someone who um, stayed in one place. Um, so not that like which is better, um, but um, it, it's just that's how I grew up. So um, yeah, the um, the landscape and the um, the whole the sensory experience, like you said about that particular place, um, is really important to me, and I think um, I'd like to explore that in my comics as well. Yeah. So like moving on to that a little bit, uh, I noticed with uh, you know uh, the the comic you did, the Peanut Butter Sisters, as well as uh, you know some of your earlier work like Home River and the Return to of uh, Japanese Wolves, like there's this kind of theme where you're kind of exploring kind of like a dying ecosystem or trying to live in a like in a, in a dying environment a little bit, you know, like the Peanut Butter Sisters seem to like live in this world or they're they're carried away by hurricanes and they're collecting junk and and selling this these items and um and the return of the japanese wolves is all about these extinct creatures you know wolves um and home river you know has that same theme too so um it's not really prevalent in nori but are these just kind of the themes that you you look at you're kind of thinking about exploring in the future or do you have interest in that kind of uh topic especially since we are living in a world that is experiencing those kind of things right now is that something that's kind of in the back of your head ever or yeah, definitely. I think, um, I guess anyone um, <laughs> living in the current times um, can't really escape from that. It's it's just really scary. Um, so many animals are going extinct every year, every month even, I think. Um, it, it's just a really scary thing. Um, I love being in nature, like hiking. I always grew up in the city, so... <laughs> um, uh, maybe um i'm not that like nature person but um i love hiking um going to the ocean um things like that and i feel like um in the near future that might not be possible um and for like younger people um they might not be able to experience what i was able to experience um so so yeah it's it's always um I think in the back of my head. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, it's great that you, you read all my comics. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. It I was hard not to. Oh, um, thank you. I, I don't get to meet um, a lot of people <laughs> who, who read everything. So thank you. Yeah. Um, so you do have a, a career as an illustrator and you are also a cartoonist. So when you're working in the world of illustration, um, 
Uh, what kind of similarities and differences do you, do you find with that of being a cartoonist? And like, do you feel like being an illustrator has kind of helped you be a more informed cartoonist? Oh, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, for me, it's kind of the same. I, I like drawing. Um, drawing's really fun. <laughs> um, but maybe um, it, it's a little bit different um, mentality uh, because in terms of the time you get to spend on one single illustration, um, that's more than um, the time you get to spend with like one single page in comics. Um, most of the time so like I can put more details and more colors in one illustration but I wouldn't want to do that for comics because it'll be uh it'll take a lot more time to finish a story um but yeah I, I don't know but it's uh it's kind of a same process for me um and, you know, your comics do, they are like two, they're usually just like two color comics, right? Whereas like a lot of your illustration work seems to be like full color. So I imagine you're probably spending a lot more time on, on a single illustration than say like a, like a panel of a comic, obviously, I would imagine, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to do a full color comics one day. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it might take like five years. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would look incredible, but yes. <laughs> um, I really like that there was a, in the Borderland book specifically, you did have this blend of like, you, you started the book with illustrations and then you moved into a sequential piece and then you ended it with illustrations. And uh, on one hand, like there, there is a similar aesthetic because it is your drawing style. But on the other hand, they are like, to me, like they are like two separate entities. Like they're, they're two very different things. Um, uh, working with these full color illustrations where uh, you're you're playing a lot more with value and then when you're switching over to these uh, these uh, comics pages uh, you're working with brush and you're working a lot more with balancing areas of black and white um, so I, I'm, just, I'm just curious about like your your process in terms of when you're thinking about drawing a comics page versus doing a full color illustration um, uh, how that comes into play, like determining like the the composition, I guess. Uh, yeah, Sorry, for, that's a really um, muddy question. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but... no. Um, uh, I, I'm glad you um, brought up Borderland, though, because um, it I I did that I think in 2014. Um, that was actually my thesis project at SCAD, um, but it, it still has a special place in my heart. Um, I think because um, uh, I, I'm just very fascinated by uh, the landscape surrounding Savannah, Georgia. Um, like I mentioned, I partly grew up in Atlanta. Um, so I, I was um, eight when I got there. And then uh, when I was 10, I left and went back to Japan with my mom. Um, but during that time, um, she she brought uh, me and my brother there just for a visit to Savannah. And I thought that was like the most beautiful place on earth. 
<laughs> I remember um, like really lush green garden and then there's the ocean right there. Uh, I think I remembered it wrong because the beach is actually like 20 minutes away. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going back there and seeing how how pretty it is with all the trees um and the beach is like a little further away than i remembered but it's still right there um but then i, I learned about the history of like slavery um and um all the racial tensions and um uh, everything that's that goes on in the uh in the american society now um, I, I thought a lot about how I fit into that because I am an outsider. I'm, I'm just there for two years for school, um, but I am there. So I, I just wanted to figure out um, and, and think about um, uh, what, what I can do with my um, visual storytelling, I guess, while I was there. Um, and, and yeah, mixing watercolor illustration and black and white comics, it, it felt like a, like a right way to tell that particular story. I, I had lived in Savannah for a couple of years. Maybe that's why I keep going back to that Borderlands story. So I had lived in Savannah for a few years. So I think it did speak to me. And that's the, the really great thing about that area is you have areas where there's beaches and you have swamps and you have the river. And you have this, you know, this this really beautiful uh, historic downtown area, and you have Spanish moss. So there's just like a lot of different uh, views in this very small area. And I do think in that's the really food. yes, in the food. Oh my god! Again, the food. Yes, <laughs> is, uh, you know, southern southern cooking in general. There's yeah, just like a yeah. lot of different things going on there. A lot oh, of, I uh, miss that. Yeah. So um, I, that really spoke to me. Um, but I think that's really great that, you, you know, even when you're in this college experience, like you kind of reached outside your bubble to kind of to explore the history a, a bit, which I think is, you know, it's I think that's a difficult thing to do when you're when you're in school. And I feel like especially when I when I knew people that were students at Savannah College for Art and Design, like it's, it's almost like a different world, even though it's kind of built into the city. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I, I thought that was really great that you were able to connect to that environment a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a chance to participate in um, a field trip um, to Ossable Island. It's one of the sea islands there, um, but SCAD was organizing like a spring break um, working field trip to the island. Um, and it's, it's a preserved um, area, so you, you can't just like take a ferry and go there. You, sh you have to have um, like a specific purpose to go and like permission, I think. Um, but yeah, that's that's when I I got to really explore the um, um, the history and the the geography, I think, of the area. And um, yeah, that was kind of eye opening. Um, so then in 2014, you moved to New York City. Did you move specifically to New York to kind of like engage more with the illustration and comics community? Or were you just kind of looking for like a like a really big change in, in like the world around you? 
<laughs> no, yeah, um, I thought that was a, uh, New York was a great place to go um, for illustration and comics. Um, while I was at SCAD, I went to MOCA, MOCA Arts Festival in 2014, and uh, that was a great experience. Um, so, um, yeah, and I, I could just get a van and drive up to New York, um, but if I, for example, went to LA, it would have been a little too far away. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Also, good Asian food in New York. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear, I hear they have good, good Asian food in New York. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that wasn't, um, that was lacking in Savannah. Yeah. So I needed yeah. to move. Yeah, so the South, <laughs> I mean, specifically Savannah in general, like pizza, not very good. Asian food, not very good. So that's not their fortes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, New York, yeah, also great food, different food from Savannah. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's kind of most of the most of the questions we really just th shot through them. Were there any? Oh yeah, that's right. We we're going to talk about no a little bit. So let's oh talk about yeah, Noah. Um, yeah. So that seems to be a theme that I see a little bit showing up in, in in Nori specifically. Like it seems like some of these characters that show up towards the end of the stories might be spirits, might not be. So can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So no drama is um, a Japanese traditional form of drama that. Um, originated in the medieval times and I think when people think of Japanese culture maybe it's one of the first things they think of with the mask um, and the costume and everything uh, it's really fascinating um, there's this category of no called uh, Mugen no and the basic structure of it is um, a traveler um, arrives at a place and that place has like a historic or maybe poetic significance um and in the traveler um in the second half of the play the traveler dreams and in the dream he encounters um a ghost or a spirit of the um person that still haunts the area and um, learns more about the history or the poetic significance of the place. So that's like a basic structure. So a traveler um, falls asleep and then dreams this um, revelation dream. Um, and the audience gets to um, uh, witness that together with the, with the traveler character. Um, and I think um, that's like the structure that I think about a lot when when I'm making a story. Um, I think it's it's really interesting to um, incorporate that dream element um, in a story. Um, uh, yeah, because um, dream is a very interesting thing. It's it's kind of like a story we tell ourselves every night. Um, even though we don't remember all of it. Um, it definitely happened and it had an impact on you, but when you wake up, it's like gone without a trace. Um, and I, I think no is maybe like a bridge um, to connect comics and 
that kind of powerful storytelling energy that the dream has. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense, but yeah. No, no, yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think about No a lot, and um, I like I like reading the No plays. Um, I like No in general. So um, I I use like other elements of No, like um, uh, the rhythm and the music, um, the philosophy of it in general. Um, so for the next project you're working on. Um, uh that seems to be a series of short stories again. Is, is that correct? Or, I mean, I imagine you probably have a few projects, but I think I heard something about another, another series of short stories that would like drawn quarterly will eventually collect. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it right now. Um, yeah, I'm making, um, seven short stories. Um, peanut butter sisters is one of it. Um, but, yeah, right now um, I'm making a sci-fi story that's set in 2099. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's the world where the scientists um, figured out a way to use dark energy in space. Um, it's like an un unidentified energy, but it's everywhere and it's making the, um, the whole world expand, apparently. Um, like not just our universe, but all the universes, I don't know how many there are, but <laughs> out there, they're expanding. Um, so that much they figured it out, but, um, this energy that's like driving the expansion, it's called dark energy and they don't really know what it is. Um, but, uh, I thought that was really interesting. So, um, I imagined a world, um, not too far in the future where um, people get to use that to um, travel really fast and um, go to other galaxies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with, with those stories, are those like separate from the, these other comics that you had mentioned earlier that you're kind of working on? Like you said, you were working on like shorter stories or-, or, or Oh, that's, that's a short, that's one of those the short are, stories. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So every, gotcha. everything's all different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and if, it takes place in the uh, Mojave Desert. Um, the you know the desert in Southern California. Um, I went there last year, and it was uh, it was really nice. So. Yeah. Do you find that that's a um, that's kind of like an inspiration for writing story? I mean, I, I kind of went over this a little bit, but that seems to be a thing, right? Like you. you visiting a place and then you kind of absorb that environment and does that inspire you then to write a story or do you think yeah. about a story before going to a place um i think i i think of a story before going to a place it's kind of become my excuse of tra for traveling <laughs> yeah yeah i love traveling um but i want to make it productive too so um uh last year i really wanted to go to the desert i've never been to a desert um, and I thought, why not? I'll, I'll just make a story out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's a great write-off. Like, yes, all, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, so I, did you go to, so did you go to Hawaii for like that, that Nori story then? Like, cause that's like yes. all, yeah. Okay, cool. I did. Yeah. Oh, I awesome. really wanted to go to Hawaii. So I thought yeah. Nori can go there with me. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's... But um, it's it's also um, uh, I try to make it not too random though. Um, like well, when I was growing up in the '80s, the economy was booming in Japan. That's when um, the whole world thought um, Japan was like the richest country in the world. Uh, it was kind of a crazy, surreal time. Um, and I remember seeing like for raffles, you can win a trip to Hawaii. Um, and that was like, you know, a normal prize offered. That's crazy to think of it now. Japan is in like um, eternal recession yeah. <laughs> ever since the <laughs> 90s. And all you can get at a raffle is like maybe a ticket for i don't know like lunch for two <laughs> that's like the best prize you can win um so thinking back at that it's uh, it's kind of crazy and i thought it'll be fun to show um nori and grandma winning um a trip to hawaii um dealing with japan in the 80s i i wasn't too familiar with the reference but i felt like it was something very specific and maybe it just went above me like um in one of the early nori stories there's like a poster that says ultra democracy on it oh i was just curious <laughs> if that was like a specific reference to something or like no what that was i was just being silly okay <laughs> it's like man was there like some like weird politician that was just like we're gonna get the most democracy and it's like i if that's the case i want to know who this guy is that sounds incredible <laughs> that'll be really fun but it's true that um i i think um there are a lot of um uh politicians in japan that come up with like weird catchphrases or like um name of the party there are so many different political parties in japan and some of the names are kind of silly <laughs> when you think about it um so yeah i just i was just uh, i just wanted to make something up for a fun poster right on um so with those stories too, I mean, I imagine you were probably grabbing a little bit from your experiences living in Japan as a kid though, right? Like, and specifically, you know, being raised or like having your grandmother help raise you and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it was a lot of fun growing up with my grandmothers. Um, they told they told me a lot of different stories. Um, uh, my grandma used to dream about becoming a princess and like she would fight the bad guys too so she was like a superhero princess and that was like a recurring dream that she had um, <laughs> um and of course so it's, she's a japanese princess so she's like in a uh, gorgeous kimono um in uh she she comes out um from like her carriage um, and then she fights ninja with all these swords and everything. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I can just picture that dream vividly in my head <laughs> still. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a ch fun, fun childhood. Awesome. Uh, moving, we're just bouncing around all over the place now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving back to your, your kind of your illustration career. Um, uh, what kind of got the ball rolling with that? And like, uh, is that a is that like your your major uh source of like income i mean we don't have to get to those numbers but you know what i mean is that like your main job illustration or do you kind of just like 
pick up gigs wherever you can get them. Um, I, I, I pick up gigs when wherever I can get them. <laughs> um, so I, I also teach now um, at Bergen Community College. Um, and that's been a lot of fun too. I love watching people draw. So um, I get to um, make students draw what I what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's great. Um, I was also um, helping another artist with the painting. I was like a painting assistant. Um, I I've done illustrations for animations, like uh, watercolor um, paintings um, to be animated. Um, I've done editorial things. Um, yeah, anything, anything that I find. Right. Where, have you been teaching during the pandemic at all? Have you been like doing online teaching? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all been online. Yeah. What's that been like? Has that been? Uh, it's that it's seems... interesting, um, but um, it it's weird. But um, in some ways, it's better. Um, I, I'm just trying to think positively maybe but um it kind of let me talk to the students more intimately um like i would like just uh take a time to just chat with the individual students one, one person at a time um and it felt close they can like show me what they're working on um and of course you can do that in a classroom but it's always with everyone else in the classroom so um it didn't really feel like a one-on-one -on -one time um so so that that was a kind of a um new discovery <laughs> that i made that yeah so is it like a just like a drawing class or are they like studio art classes it, it's an illustration class it's a studio oh, cool. class yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome um, so you, you work a lot with brush, right? Like that seems to be like your, your primary tool. Um, like w at what point did you like discover that that was your preferred method and like what, what drew you to specifically working in that style or um, using a brush? I think it was an inking class that I took in, at SCAD because before that I had, I had no idea and I was just drawing with whatever I can find, like, um, just pencils or um, micron pens um which are good tools um but i i wasn't very intentional about what i used but then i took this class and then um we had to do an exercise um in that class and we had to use the brush and ink um and i loved it it was it was difficult at first but um i i really like the effect yeah yeah, I really like the texture that you're, you're getting with it. Like with the, like those large areas of black, you can still like you can almost feel the paper with it. You know, you can just see like these subtle variances. And uh, that's one thing I, re I was really appreciating with the specifically the Hawaii story. You know, it almost oh. seems like you start to transition more to like almost using ink washes, whereas before it's almost like flat color. But then when you get to the story, like there's this uh, there's this like almost seems watercolory kind of you know, work going on, even with your black line art. Um, with those illustrations, like, because you, you went to Hawaii, were you were you drawing on scene for that? Like, was, it seemed like you had a very specific reference for those images. I, I was. I was sketching a lot while I was there. Um, and I, I did use um, some drawings from the sketchbook um, in, in the actual story. 
Um, uh, I also took a lot of reference photos. Um, I also found um, a spot for Grandma and Nori to sit. Um, it was like uh, when Nori goes to the uh, tidal pool, I think, there's like a specific rock uh, <laughs> with a tree behind it that they sit together and take a picture. Um, that actually existed. Um, but yeah, it's Hawaii, so the ocean is, I guess, the main thing. Um, so I think I used a lot more um, ink washes um, than usual. Yeah. Um, do you do you use a lot of photo reference with your work? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I try to take my own uh, references. Uh, another excuse to go traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when you're working with the wash stuff, obviously. Have you have you tried doing that with like the risograph kind of printing stuff, like using washes, or do you try and just keep it more like basic line art? Because I know there's some limitations with with risograph printers. Has that been something you've kind of experimented with at all, or is it, does that not really even? I I don't know how much of a factor that is when you're thinking about. Yeah, printing, I, I tried I tried printing um like watercolor illustrations with Riso, and um it, it comes out nicely. The the texture it's surprising. Um, it's surprisingly accurate. So, yeah. Yeah. It is hard to separate the colors, though. Oh, I can um, imagine. So, yeah. It, so you're, you're, really you're drawing everything in full color, and then, and then you're separating yeah. the colors? Oh, I can't imagine. Well, um, when I'm doing everything myself, I try, I try to just um, draw the layers separately so that I don't have to separate the layers but uh, I, I had like a like a pro do it for me once for the Borderland book um, that was printed by um, perfectly acceptable printing um, yeah they, they're really good <laughs> I I couldn't do that myself so yeah are they are they the folks out of Chicago right yes yeah yeah. yeah 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 they do some really 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 cool books yeah um, yeah all right i think that's like all the questions are there any other things you want to specifically cover with this interview Rumi? like any any things you want to promote any specific topics we can just edit them in <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i can't i can't think of anything now it was it was really fun to talk to you yeah it was Sean. awesome yeah. to talk to you too um yeah and it was i mean it's been you know it was, I always like when I'm talking to a cartoonist, I always like to just like, well, like when I'm introduced to that cartoonist, I like to just really go in deep into the, you know, like, like read all of the stuff at once. I'm like, I want just like the entire collection. And it's kind of amazing the amount of mini comics we've put out over the course of just a few years. And I love mini comics. Yeah. <laughs> and they are so, yeah. And you're definitely like using the medium of mini comics to do like a lot of different types of books. It's not just like a, like a folded in half, you know, letter bound book. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like you have, you're doing screen printing, you're doing risograph printing, uh, you're doing uh, different formats as well. How, how do um, you print your, your stuff? Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I do everything digital now or offset. Those are the things I really like working with spot colors too. Mm. Um, so that, that was a big deal for me, I think. 
uh, we can cut this from the interview, but we want to talk real quick about, about color stuff. Like that was it. Like when, when I was first learning to draw comics, I was obsessed with like mark making, you know, like getting textures into everything. Right. And then eventually like, I remember, do you, do you know who Robin Chapman is? She's like a, she's like an editor at first second. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. she, she did like a portfolio review with me and she's like, you need to, you, you just need to use like a color instead because <laughs> like, I would like fill in you know I'd like hatch everything and she's like you can just use a oh, color and it was like, just like yeah so, like, now, <laughs> you know ever since then I'm like yeah like I just like yeah. take a piece of vellum slap it on there and use a brush and kind of like build up those textures that way and then like just you know scan it and throw it in but that's always been my method but obviously print you know when you're printing your things yourself it's a little expensive to do colors that's so, yeah that's interesting that you mentioned like the life-changing moment when someone tells you this really like like seemingly basic thing but you'd never thought of before um i i talked to um the cartoonist michael cho at a fe book festival in brooklyn one time and um it was when um shoplifter his his book came out and it's uh it's done with two colors black and pink and i was like how does he do that is it like is it like it doesn't look digital but how does he do that and then um so i i went up to him and asked him you know like just directly how he does it um just expecting him being like oh leave me alone <laughs> but um yeah he told me that um he inks on one side of paper and then he flips it over on lightbox um, and then he inks the second layer. Um, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> of course! That makes perfect amazing. sense. Amazing! That's amazing! Yeah. And then uh, he was like, okay, so I just scan them <laughs> in and put them together in Photoshop. It easy peasy. I was like, wow! And that's actually um, how what, what I did for Nori. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like you you yeah. just get like spot on registration. You don't have to worry about like your people like yeah your, your exactly. vellum slipping or something that's hilarious yeah. yeah 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 that's a good tip i like that it, it is yeah, yeah yeah so um so i guess it's really important to talk to other people <laughs> yeah i guess you're like looking at your artwork backwards too does that mess with you because i feel like whenever i see something of mine flipped like it like my brain's like oh you drew that wrong do you ever just does that ever like bother you when you're looking at something backwards or you're just like we're just going with it we're just like no it does i i I'm totally weirded out by like if I have to like flip something horizontally, I'm like, ew, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, now I try to um, I I sketch everything digitally now. Um, so I try to when when I'm in doubt, I just flip it to um, look at it from the the other side um, before finalizing it. Are you so? Are you like? Because I know some people now they're like penciling digitally and then like printing it off and inking it. Are you doing that or are you like doing yes. everything digital? Oh, okay, rad, awesome. Oh yeah. Do you find so, that's like increased your speed? Sorry, go ahead. Definitely. <laughs> no, yes, it, it definitely increased my speed. Um, so I I do thumbnails by hand, and then um, I scan it in and work from. Uh, I make it bigger in Photoshop, and then I. I do a really tight pencil sketch. Um, I don't know why I'm that anal, <laughs> but um, it, it's so tight. Um, 
And then I print everything out and then I put it on a light box and put my good paper on top of it and ink it. Um, but because all the details are there and I already figured out the, the shape and proportion perspective and everything, um, I can be like on autopilot when I ink. So it's a very enjoyable process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, inking is the best. Inking's the best. Yeah, I know. It's the most fun part. I, I when I work, I have to like have every, if I if I'm writing or penciling, like it's like I can't listen to anything, you know. But as soon as I get to inking, I'm like, okay, I can finally like listen to a podcast or something and like just like zone out, you know. It's like, yeah, I do the same thing, um, and it's funny because I can look back at the pages that I inked and I can remember what I was listening to. Yeah, like podcast. Yes. <laughs> do you do you make soundtracks for yourself? Do you have like a do you have like a playlist? Do you have like a project um, playlist no i like podcasts i like um there are several podcasts that i like so i just um uh play that randomly but i think my favorite might be um terry gross uh fresh air <laughs> i just I, I just love hearing her voice <laughs> yeah oh i i just need a new podcast to listen to um lately yeah <laughs> well i mean it's like it's a pandemic so i feel like everyone's starting one so like there's this is like the renaissance of podcasts i feel like there's that's new true ones, a lot of things popping up so that's true i i feel like i've been listening to my favorite ones way too much and and i i just like went consumed all of it all at once <laughs> oh sure yeah so yeah I, I just need to find new things i like to my move is like whatever like story I'm working on or project I'm working on, like I pick a band and like, that's the band I like draw oh. to. That's like oh. what <laughs> I'm like, this is the attitude of this story. That's like my, but yeah, like there are pages where I'm like, I know exactly like what I was. Yeah. And that's always like fun to like, look at something and be like, I remember like, yeah, the, the thing I was listening to. Yeah. Was, it's yeah. almost like the world that you were in when. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So We'll wrap things up, but uh, can you tell us where we can find your work? Um, and yeah, so um, I my website is rumihara.com. Um, I'm on Instagram um, at rumi.hara, and um, you can buy a copy of Nori um, from your local bookstore um, or uh, bookshop.org online. Well, thanks for uh, joining us for this online uh, festival. I'm so sorry we couldn't have you in person. We're really excited to do it. Um, but we really appreciate that you're able to take some time today and talk with us. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this and um, having me um, at the uh, online Otoptic. I hope I get to visit you guys well, we'd love um, to in the future. Thank you again for listening to this presentation of Autoptic 2020. For more information about our organization and events, please remember to visit autoptic.org. That's A-U-T-O-P-T-I-C.org.